Welcome to a special episode of the Impact Nations podcast. The following interview was originally recorded for the Samuels Mantle weekly Facebook live show. Dad and I had such a good time chatting with Trish and Murray about our recent adventures that we thought we'd share it with you. I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. Stewart is the founder and president of Impact Nations, an organization that's bringing practical and supernatural demonstrations of the gospel <laughs> to developing nations all over the world. Should have been a comma in there and a breath. <laughs> we were ha- <laughs> okay. My turn. He's joined by <laughs> he's joined by his son Tim, who serves as the director of operations at Impact Nations, and still has a Canadian accent, which I really enjoy. And I and. Uh, so they partner all over the world with medical schools, clean water programs, uh, church planning, and uh, recently returned from India, which you heard Luke talk about. And they, they even share the gospel in the Sikh temple. And Luke, Luke talked about that a little bit in the brick factory thing. So we want to hear about all those things and how they started this, because we'd really like you guys to go. So welcome, um, Steve and yeah. Tim. Thanks, Trish. Thanks. Hey, Murray. Well, how are you? to be here. Thanks, guys, for taking the time. I heard that you were on a radio show in Colombia just before us. Yes, so that's right. I'm going to be down in uh, Colombia. I'm going to be down like, in Colombia next week. So that's oh, how that that's happened. Why? Oh, very okay. Cool. So, all thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us again. I thought it was so strange because last week, Steve, you didn't have any idea we were interviewing Luke at that moment, did you? No. And I couldn't believe Murray looked at his phone while we were interviewing Luke. Yeah, it's not like you should, you should have seen the Is that dirty a look I got on, on Luke's presence, or yeah, like the dirty look I got. All you're not of a sudden, I to... saw Murray down there on his phone, and I'm like, "We're in the middle of an interview." Yeah. He was I'm practicing for like, being a millennial. Like, prophetic people <laughs> thought I was supposed to check it, so I did, and I was right. <laughs> so I point that out. <laughs> So, uh, you guys, tell us about tell us about Impact Nation. So, uh, and you know, Steve, I remember you told me a story about being on a plane. I think when you were fifty, and the Lord said something to you. Um, which I do you know what I'm talking about, or do I need to feed you some more information? <laughs> no, I I still remember back to okay. when I was fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the Lord, and I think the yeah. Lord said to you, "What do you want to do with the rest of your life?" Is that right? Yeah, you're telling it better than I am. It's good. Um, yes, that's right. I was flying back from doing a conference for Christian businessmen in uh, Seoul, Korea. And it was not like a spiritual moment. I'm just on the plane. And suddenly the presence of the Lord was just near and around me. And uh, I heard him say, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I'll let you do anything. Wow. And um my response, though it took me, I don't know, a few minutes, but my response was, Lord, if you'll let me do anything, then with the rest of my life, I want to I want to rescue lives mm-hmm. and I want to rescue them spiritually, uh, economically, socially, medically. Uh, that's what I want to do. And uh, Murray, as you know, I most of my working career, I'd been a church planter and a, and a mm-hmm. pastor, in different communities. And uh, only he knew and my wife knew about this exchange on the plane. And yet within a very short time, a few weeks, I started getting contacts, emails, phone calls from people uh, inviting me to come to various places in the world. And as I went, 
people started saying, can I come with you? Wow. And uh, I certainly didn't think, oh, good, I'm going to start Impact Nations. I just, I was going more and more, and I had people coming with me. And then we started to be intentional about it and put together these these trips, Journeys of Compassion. And uh, that's how it started. And that is... Uh, and how many years ago was that, Steve? Uh, well, then, if I tell you that, the people will be able to do the math. But uh, <laughs> well, they're prophetic; they'll figure it out. Yeah, it, it was almost 16 years ago, mm. and uh, Impact Nations really, really became an entity maybe about 14 years ago. Wow! And uh, since then, we've uh, we've done 65 of these journeys. 67. Wow. 67 of these journeys. I forgot That's there's why. another one going on this week. Right there's there. too much going on for me to keep up with now. And um, I think we've we've done journeys in 19 countries and we've ministered in 24 or 5 countries. Wow, that's a great So that's that's how it started. Wow. Love it. Now, um I think we go back way even further because you used to be a pastor in Ontario. See, Trish just tried to trump me. Do you see that? <laughs> totally. Yes. She totally owned me. That's that's right. You, Trish, you were in our our uh, junior Sunday school class back then, right? What? That's right. <laughs> that, oh that'll be five. That'll be five dollars. Um, any pictures? <laughs> I hope there's a picture yeah, coming. It's oh, true. No. We planted a church in Cambridge, Ontario. Yes. And then from there, we planted in a number of cities around Ontario. And then we went out to Vancouver mm, uh, yeah. and planted a vineyard there and then planted another church. And uh, Murray, you and I got to know each other when I went out to Vancouver. Yeah, that's uh, right. So and, we and had a lot of mutual friends before that. Sorry? And then you did healing rooms, too, somewhere in there. Yes, we started healing rooms in Vancouver. And to our amazement, it went across the country. Yeah, and uh, yes. we'd started a thing called Vancouver House of Prayer. Tim was really involved with that. Yeah, that's and, right. And um, uh, but as Impact Nations grew, I I had to drop things one after another, like give them away. The House of Prayer, and then the healing rooms, um, and then I had to stop pastoring. You know, the pivotal moment was when once again I'd been gone for maybe seven weeks, and I came back, and there was a new welcome team at the church. And they invited me to fill out a welcome card. <laughs> Who are you? Fill out yeah, a visitor's thought, card, right? So awesome. Yeah. I, I, so I thought, you know, it's probably time. <laughs> so you know what? The, the reason I brought that up is, is for one, for people to know know your journey, but but two, because Impact Nations does something that I I think is super hard to do. That you guys pull off. You you marry physical healing, so the charismatic. With, you know, I guess, I don't know if this term social justice fits it, but, but like, like you said, it, freeing people economically, <laughs> socially, uh, uh, financially, yes. how did you manage you guys to put those two together? And it, it works for you, like two feet walking. It, 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 they seem so different. Like, like in, in my Mennonite background, for example, we have, we have MCC and then yep. we have MB Missions and they're very separate organizations trying to do two very different things that that even to this day, I think that, you know, I can't speak for them because I haven't been involved, but a lot of organizations really have trouble putting these together. How, how have you, you know, what do you do on both of those sides and how have you managed to marry that? 
That's a great question. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm not just pre-faced. I'm also the that. Point for Tim. Yeah. It starts with a really deep conviction I've had for a long, long time. Back to the Ontario days is that the gospel of the kingdom uh, is a big gospel that touches every part of life. Mm. So when we, you know, we'll tell you stories today, but you know, when a, when a deaf kid suddenly hears, or this week we had an older couple in the Philippines, they were both deaf and the Lord opened both their ears. So now they can talk to each other. So they can um, talk to each other. Wow. Yeah. So that's, helpful. that's the kingdom. But yeah. also this week, uh, they got clean water to 2,800 people who were chronically sick with bad water. That, too, wow. is the kingdom. So bringing the two together starts from a deep conviction that they belong together, that, that, that just to emphasize one or the other is an incomplete gospel, at least for us. So um, from the beginning, our very first Journeys of Compassion, which is what we call these trips where we take people uh, from the <laughs> very first one. We were doing outdoor meetings. We were healing the sick. And we were doing, in those days, very tiny little medical clinics. I remember the first one, they had to shoo the camels away from the only shade tree. So we could set up two little card tables and oh put God. out our medicine. Wow. Um, so... We work hard, Tim and I work really hard on keeping those two things together. We get more invitations than we can say yes to, to come to different nations. And we often go and scout. But but the very first thing is the people that are inviting us have to have a value for this big gospel. If they say, well, you know, we don't really want to do the healing stuff, but if you could come and do clinics or get you know, food or whatever. And we go, well, no, that's, we're not your people. So the fruit of that has been wonderful. Um, and how often, just out of curiosity, how often does that happen? You, you have people ask you one or the other that you have to say no to. Is that fairly common? Mm, not less common now because I guess people get to know more of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it still certainly still happens. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go to Bogota uh, six days from now, and I'm going to do a series of gatherings and meetings uh, that will be sizable. And I told them one of the conditions of me coming is that in the midst of the conference where we teach all this stuff is that we go out on the streets and we do it. Nice. So that's really a condition as I go to various cities and if they say, no, we're not really ready for that, I, I don't judge that. But I just say, you know, I'm not really your guy um, nice. because this is this is just built into who we are. I think you'd agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, I'm going to let Tim, if I may, for a minute, just to give you guys who maybe don't know about us a, a quick overview of, oh, that'd be wonderful. of, you know, yeah. our, the, the most core things for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, we are extending the kingdom through supernatural and practical expressions of the kingdom of God. Um, we do that really through three different types of activities. So hmm. one is what we call journeys of compassion, where we're taking teams into the developing world uh, for usually about 12 days at a time. 
uh, our teams are made up of people from all over the world. We, uh, we've had as many as eight different nations represented in one team. Uh, and we do between eight and 10 of these a year. Uh, and most journeys include medical clinics. We're going into, uh, villages that just don't have access to medical care. Um, we always do clean water, uh, distributing water filters to families because they don't have access to clean water. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, yeah. And then everywhere we go, we, we heal the sick in Jesus' name, and we tell them that was a gift from Jesus, and he's got wow. one more gift for you. And then we just we share the gospel. Um, so that's... That's a pretty exciting thing, and we do it for three different reasons. One, obviously, we want to we want to reach the people in these communities that we're going to, and we'll typically see uh, between six and seven uh, villages in a journey. Um, and these communities need medical care; they need clean water; they desperately need Jesus. They need to hear the message uh, wow. that Jesus uh, has come to their village today. Um, yeah. But we also do it because we're building long term relationships with these communities and with our partners who are hosting us. Um, one of the things that we absolutely insist on is ongoing discipleship as a follow-up. So when wow, we are, wonderful. when we're sharing the gospel, when people are getting healed, you know, we're immediately turning to our partners and saying, make sure you get their, their phone number, their name, things like that. So they can come back and, uh, and continue to disciple them. I, I have zero, I just be honest, I have zero interest in seeing a bunch of hands go up in a field. Yes, so I say yes to Jesus today. And, you know, we just kind of drop a gospel bomb and then leave and nothing, nothing ever happens after. I just, that's not what we do and I'm not very interested in it. That's um, good. That's one reason I set that up because I wanted to, I wanted you guys to say yeah. that. I think most so, people who can hear God's voice or have learned how to hear God's voice are not interested in that either. Like, Hearing God's voice means long-term relationship. You just don't yeah. get to know somebody and walk away, right? So it's good to no. hear. It's good to hear that you guys have such a core value there, anyway. Because I want these guys yeah. to go with you. I really do. So. Oh yeah, and okay. So here's just a little example of uh, what that follow-up looks like. Uh, you mentioned Luke's story about us being in a Sikh temple. Uh, yeah, well, I about wanted to four hear weeks that. ago. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first off, the first miracle of the day we were told it happened, we didn't even notice it. And the miracle was that we were asked by the the head priest and all of his elders in this Sikh temple uh, to open us in prayer and ask Jesus to come and bless our day together. So, you know, that's a fairly big deal. Yeah, uh, no kidding. And, Welcome, and then, people what do you of know? another religion that we don't believe in. Please bless us in your God we don't believe. What? What? Yes, exactly. Like that alone is kind of insane. Precisely. Uh, and what do you know? Jesus did just that. He came and just blew their socks off and hundreds got healed. And we saw 368 people through the clinic that day, all in the Sikh temple. Like we're right in the in the courtyard of the Sikh temple this whole time. And 182 came to Christ. Came to Christ. In the temple. Yeah. Uh, oh and people goodness. got healed. Now, as again, like I said, as people are getting healed and saved, uh, and, and it's our team who's doing it, by the way, like dad and I weren't even actually on the physical grounds for much of that day. Cause we were off having a really cool time of our own off in the village. And I'll tell you about that later. Wow. But anyway, the main yeah, point is that, about that too, about yeah, <laughs> just so people can see that they're the ones, if they go that, that they'll Precisely. be doing it. 
Yeah. And, so, so I mean, going, when wonderful. we got there, there was 200 people gathered already. And so, you know, our team had been going for a few days, so they already got it. They're like, all right, let me at them, coach. Let's go. So, you know, they just, they go over and they, they just go and start healing the sick and, uh, and telling people about Jesus. And it, it just all over this courtyard, people are just accepting Jesus and, and receiving healing and, you know, and blind eyes opening, legs growing, all that stuff. Uh, the, the things what that are we this, just What steal. are the priests doing as they're watching this? What are they thinking? No, they're amazing. Okay, they're these guys. They all had these cool little, you know, like a blue ribbon that you'd get at a fair or something if you're the prize pig, uh, yeah. <laughs> or if you got a winning science fair project. I've never like, had one these- personally, but I, I've <laughs> no. But these guys did. They had giant blue ribbons to show, like, I, we're here to do crowd control and help people out. Like they're like the ushers of this whole event for Jesus and uh, they're just and like they're getting people into the clinic and all this stuff they were amazing and they're wow. and the whole day of course all they're saying is will you please come back come back again this is amazing um so, <laughs> so we weren't being sneaky no. about praying for There's, the sick or yeah. leading people to Jesus. Just, it was just right there it's, because it's good news and if if it's good news they want to hear it. Um wow. So anyway, so when they're go. watching in the name of Jesus, yeah. like what are their mouths hitting the floor? Like what are like like what are they what are they doing? Like fist- Re- reactions are varied. It's really yeah. funny because some people like we we start the day always at every clinic. We yeah. you know Dad or I will will turn to the crowd and just say, Jesus has brought us here, sent us to you today for us to be together, all of us. Uh, for He sent us for this specific time to this specific place, and He's going to do amazing things, and He's going to He's going to heal you today. Wow! And the funny thing is, you know, you or I hear that, and we're like. Oh what wow and they're like yeah okay cool I, I, i'm looking forward to that and it's like and so a lot of them you know they get healed and they just smile yes it, i'm healed i'm good Thank just you. like you said would happen yeah, you, told, you told me it would happen and it happened so wow. uh so really? it's and yeah it's just it's really cool reactions so anyway as people are getting healed and saved you know our, our translators who are uh, mostly young men and women from their young adults group, uh, they're gathering information, you know, contact information. Oh, yeah. Hey, we, we'd love to follow up with you or whatever. So a week after we left, uh, I was on the phone with Randeep. Randeep's an amazing partner of ours. He oversees 18,000 house churches in India, and we'll go into that later maybe. But uh, he, we got chatting, and he said, oh, by the way, he says uh, – Sumit, one of our pastors, he he grabs the contact information for one person in that village, just and he texted him and said, "Hey, I'd love to come for tea. Uh, can I come visit you today?" And the guy said, "Yes, come." He gets to the village, and the one fellow that he had texted has gathered sixty people to come uh-huh. and hear more about this gospel and receive yeah. more healing and prayer, wow. and. So now there's a house church there, as you can imagine, and the village is being transformed. And still the Sikh priest is saying, will you please come back again and, and do this again? So wow. that's that's what a journey of compassion looks like. And stuff like that happens every single day. Um, so it's it's amazing. Um, now, I've gone down a quarter rabbit trail. Journeys oh, of compassion is one of the things that we do. <laughs> Um, the second thing that we do, I alluded to already, which is clean water. Uh, as 
most of your listeners would know, uh, lack of access to clean water is a massive problem all over the globe. Mm. Uh, and this is, this is a way that we can just adorn the gospel. We can say, look, Jesus cares enough about you to have sent us halfway around the globe with this cool little gizmo and it's going to make you well again it, because wow. people are suffering from you know stomach illnesses and things like that that are preventing children from getting to school um, and preventing people from going to work or working in their fields or whatever. And so it's, it has a massive effect on an entire family. Uh, these water filters that we distribute are uh, made by a company called Sawyer. Uh, they're down in Florida. This little gizmo, I don't know, it's about the size of like a hot dog bun about, um, and with some hoses coming out of it. You attach it to buckets. Uh, you pour dirty water into a top bucket. The water runs through the filter, and out comes clean water that is 99.7% clean. It's cleaner than any tap water we'd get. Amazing. Uh, and it it works instantly. So, you know, it, as soon as you set it up, you can start drinking pure, clean water. Uh, we have, uh, we estimate that well over half a million people have received clean water through Impact Nations in the last 12, 13 years. Um, we do stuff uh, in response to natural disasters uh, because, it, you know, when a disaster comes along, the the water is completely contaminated. Oftentimes infrastructure is wiped out. So if they did have any sort of tap water or something, often that stops working. So now they're getting water from contaminated sources. Um, in the Philippines, typhoons come in and the water table is completely contaminated. So they just, wow. they're, they're getting sick. Uh, so we can come in and uh, bring filters to like rescue centers and stuff where people are gathering in community centers after natural disasters. And we can set up like big tanks with several of these filters attached to them and, and hundreds and hundreds can access clean water all day, every day. Last, last year, you guys remember uh, Hurricane Maria that devastated Puerto Rico? Yeah, absolutely. We sent four teams in and... Uh, tens of thousands of people got yeah. clean water yeah um, yeah so clean water is the second thing that we do and the third thing that we do is skills training and, and business training mm-hmm. uh, we really believe that in order to make a lasting difference in a community we've got to bring people to the point of self-sustainability um, you know we certainly on our journeys we're going to feed feed the hungry absolutely and we we've got an ongoing feeding program we're feeding homeless and orphans all over the globe but um, ultimately we want to get people to the point <laughs> where single mothers who don't have any skills can get their kids into school because they can afford the uniform uh, who can give their kids a proper nourishing meal well how do we get there we've got to teach them skills and then give them some basic business understanding so they can actually take those skills and go into the marketplace and begin to earn an income for themselves. Wow. Um, so we're doing programs in uh, Uganda and India uh, and in Kenya where we're training people how to sew, how to do hairdressing, things like that. In Uganda, we've got a what we call a school of purpose, which is run by our, our partners in Kampala, where they're rescuing teenage girls who have been abused and are now uh, as a result pregnant and okay. terrified and alone. They, they're either still living in an abusive home or they've fled and are living on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Annabelle and her team are, they're my heroes. They're amazing. And they rescue mm-hmm. these, these girls. They're just girls like 15 years old and they rescue them from these horrific situations uh, and we get them the medical care that they need to you know safely uh, deliver a healthy baby and then we get them into the school of purpose and we begin to teach them 
these skills, you know, how to sew, how to make soap, uh, wow. how to do hairdressing, things like that. And, and then built right into that is a curriculum. Uh, it's called alternative. Um, and it's this curriculum that we, we partner with alternative and they, they have developed curriculum that's specifically for people who are basically illiterate uh, and giving them hope and dreams and vision for how they could build a business to support their family. Uh, and then we even have micro loan programs and get them started. So that's, Amazing. that's actually, that's, you can tell that's actually the most fun of my job. That stuff is just amazing. And our partners just opened up another school, um, in uh, Nepal, in Kathmandu, it opened mm. on Monday. Yeah. Wow. So that's yeah. we got a sewing center in India. Oh, and a really cool one that's going to be coming up later this year is, uh, oh, I'm excited about this one, uh, a computer <laughs> training school uh, teaching kids uh, who are living in the slums of Kampala who would otherwise end up in gangs, teen pregnancy, drugs, uh, intervening before they get into that life and giving them skills like graphic design and web development, coding, things like that. Uh, and then getting them set up with a, with a computer and a camera and teaching them business and saying, okay, now you go get your own clients uh, and wow, giving space inside of this, this workspace and stuff. So we'll be doing that later this year. I'm really, really excited about it. Awesome. Um, we do have a question. I'm going to post it up here. And the question is, how do you buy those Filters, How, water filter, filters. The, the, the water filter. How can yeah. we contribute directly for the purchase of water filters? Yeah. That's a great question. You, if you go to our, our website, uh, impactnations.com, uh, you'll see a list of projects and what we do. Clean water is uh, among those options. And uh, a, a single water filter uh, will last about they say 10 years. It'll probably last longer than that. It's just they, they invented it about 10 years ago, so they can safely say it lasts 10 years. Um, wow. And you can buy one for $65. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And they're they're the simplest thing to maintain. It's honestly, they're incredible technology. Uh, And you you had mentioned it's better than any tap water? Any tap water we would have in North America, you bet. Yeah, 99.7% removal of stuff. Now, what it doesn't remove is salt, obviously, uh, and some dissolved uh, chemicals. but most of the time what people are suffering from is things like cholera and things like that. And it just wipes that stuff out instantly. So, and we, we have responded to cholera outbreaks in Africa and stuff with these filters and it just stops it. Also the, um, you know, we've seen entire communities, one of 20,000, the health of the community changed Mm -hmm. because so many of the poor live with chronic dysentery, diarrhea, constantly. And uh, when you get clean water, the body will clean itself out in 72 hours. Um, So we see radical. We've had, I was just thinking about it this morning. We did a a project in a valley in Haiti and their clinic uh, instantly, the number of patients went down so much that they only opened a half day every two weeks because there was almost no sickness. We see the same with schools. We love getting them at schools. We're, uh, we're doing schools in, uh, 
Actually, that's another option for uh, <laughs> for that listener. Uh, we're doing filters for schools in eastern Samar, which is a province in the Philippines that is routinely hammered by typhoons and stuff, so their water table is always contaminated. Um, so what we do is we get them set up at, in stations in schools um, where the kids and the teachers have access to clean water, and they, they'll bring that home with them. Uh, and now teachers aren't absent anymore, kids aren't absent anymore, so the education level goes up, and of course, the, the effect on the economy over the next many decades is going to be huge. Let me just tell you one thing that I thought of as Tim was talking in terms of, you know, this total transformation and economic opportunity. Uh, my wife, Christina, who you guys know, mm-hmm. um, she works a lot uh, in Kenya. We have a, an amazing partner there. Hmm. And she's done a lot of work in uh, rescuing women out of the sex trade and trafficking and prison and so forth. When she was last there, which is about, I don't know, five months ago, uh, she had an opportunity one night again to speak to a whole bunch of girls working on the street and invited them. She says, I got this room and come and we'll give you a soda and I, I want to talk to you about good news. 78 women that night came to Christ, you know, prostitutes came to Christ. Wow. With our partner, we immediately got them into safe housing where they got uh, emotional healing. And then they began to get this job training that's so important to us and skills training. And when they get to the end, we give a, a loan, a startup loan to start a business. We got a report last Friday that all 78 have now got their own businesses and are self-supporting. Isn't that great? That's incredible. (laughs) You know, the gospel is good news to the poor, Mm. you know, and, and David Roos always says, if it's not good news to the poor, then it's not good news. Mm. And uh, we are, we are amazed that God can do so much more and so much faster than we ever thought. Yeah. Wow. And supernaturally, I mean, it, the, the connections that come out of these things, I just think like the, those 78 women that just uh, graduated from that program, uh, our partner, Mike in Kenya was telling me that the, the governor saw the work that was being done and said, I want in. And he actually, he provided mattresses and bedding for all of those women to go out because of course they've been rescued from the streets. Like they got to go start a a whole new life. And so he said, I want to pitch in and and the governor of that state, uh, he pitched in so that they could have bedding when they got set up. And I think uh, kitchen utensils and stuff too. So um, again, it's just, it's a supernatural acceleration that happens. The the Lord just loves doing it, I think. And we love watching it happen. (laughs) It must be amazing how, I mean, I'm just thinking logistically in my mind, you know, connecting with water filter people, connecting with microfinancing, connecting with business training and, and, and having it all to come together. I mean, that must be quite a story on its own to be able to develop, develop your own infrastructure to keep that running seamlessly, continually, because my goodness, that's a lot of inf- infrastructure to keep that moving all over the world all the time. Well, one of the things that you've heard us say repeatedly over the last half hour is our partner. And we have some really amazing partners. And the way Impact Nations works is we're always just listening for 
what the Holy Spirit's saying in terms of what to do where and with whom. Uh, and so we're looking for people who are already doing amazing things uh, for the kingdom. And we just come alongside. And I mean, honestly, we learned from Jesus. We just say, what do you want? And then we listen. Uh, and they and they just share their dreams and their visions. So um, here's an example. Um, in India, we were partnering, we, we partnered with Randy for many years and we're doing the sewing school with them. We, we do journeys of compassion all the time. Uh, we partnered with them to do uh, relief for refugees who are fleeing Myanmar and settled in India. Um, but when we were with him a few weeks ago, we went and visited this brick factory that you alluded oh, to yeah. a little bit ago. And, and we just heard his heart. And I mean, Ooh. we could see for ourselves, these are children who are living as, in some cases, the third generation of indentured servitude, who are just little kids who are making bricks and piling bricks all day, and they'll never get a chance at education. And we listened to Randeep's heart, and he said, I I have a vision. The Lord has given me this dream of getting 1,000 children out of these brick factories and into education. If we can educate these kids, then everything will change for them for the next next generation. And, you know, the Holy Spirit just said, yes, let's do this. <laughs> and so we said, let's do it. Uh, and because we have trust with Randeep, because he's built up trust with the owner of the factory and things, because we've done other projects with him, and we always start small with our partners, by the way. You know, we start with just a few hundred dollars, and then we see what's the Lord doing and how are they doing. And, and we test their capacity because, you know, some partners have larger capacity than others, and that's okay. Um, but then as we build and build, we can do larger and larger things. And so... Uh, you know, Randeep says to me, Hey, it'll be 130 bucks. We can get a kid out of a brick factory and into a school. And then they're in school for the rest of their, their school life. Um, because schooling is actually, it's a government run school system. It's just that the parents don't have the wherewithal to, you know, get the uniforms to begin with and get them registered and all the, you know, fill out the forms, all those things. Um, but once a kid is registered in school, uh, then the government takes over. The government begins subsidizing. The government will find corporate sponsors for their uniforms for the wow. rest of their 12 years of education. It's amazing. Um, and so, you know, we hear that and we hear his dream of, of a hundred or of a thousand kids. And I'm, I'm pretty sharp. You know, I, I did the quick math and I said, well, that's $130,000. <laughs> and, you know, you can either choose to go, Oh boy, I don't, that's too big for us. I don't, we couldn't possibly get involved in something like that. Or we could just say, okay, Lord, if this is what you're calling us to do, then let's just, let's just do it and let's throw it out there. And we've started and we've already got, I'd have to check again this morning because the funds continue to roll in. But, uh, I think so far between, uh, donors in Canada and the United States and Australia and India, uh, we've got enough to set 240 children free from slavery and get them into school so far. Wow. Um, and that's just in the last three weeks. Uh, wow. And I mentioned India because, you know, Randeep, as I said, he's got this whole network. He's they're, They've got 800,000 believers in their church network, and they, they put the, the pitch out to them. And these are, I mean, you heard our stories about where these churches are being planted. Yeah, these are remote, small, poor villages in, in northern India, and people are pitching in, and they raised $10,000. You know, they were able to set 100 kids free just from the, the Indians alone. So, um, 
That's how we do it, right? We partner with incredible people, high-capacity people. Annabelle, um, my friend in Uganda who partners with us for that school, the School of Purpose, she gets invited by, like, the Ugandan parliament to go and address them on, on women's issues and, and things like that. Like, she's just uh, Mike in, in Kenya. He's networking with the, the speaker of the state legislature and the, the governor and uh, – and the minister, the federal minister of health. So when we go to do medical clinics in during our journeys in Kenya, we have the government pitching in with nurses and doctors, and they bring in their mobile cancer screening and AIDS screening vans, so that we're able to do this whole incredible service there that we we don't have elsewhere. But again, just the favor of God, and when we say yes to what the Lord's doing, He just releases favor, and it is. I mean, it's shocking, but a heck of a lot of fun to watch it happen. What's interesting, too, and I believe it's, again, this whole thing of learning to move in the rhythm of the kingdom, which touches every part of life, as I said. It, a gospel that is, is not future good news, one day you'll go to heaven, but is good news now, is transformational now. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really talked about all the churches that have been planted Randeep tells me that from the five journeys of compassion just in northern India, and you know we do them all over the world, he says the number of people that have come to Christ, and he only counts it if they're baptized and they're in a house church being discipled every week, he says the number of those from the five journeys and then that they've reached out to their friends and family those five journeys have led to 80,000 people now being disciples. That's incredible. Wow. So it's, it's supernatural. You can't plan this stuff. You, we're just filled with surprises. Christina was working in Kenya a few months ago in a clinic, one of our clinics, and she was working in the, in the pharmacy. And somebody came with a phone and said, there's somebody who needs to talk to you. She says, I can't. I'm way too busy. No, you, you, you want to talk to this person. Well, tell them to call back. I'm really busy. No, you really want to talk to them. Okay. She goes out, steps outside the clinic and says, hello, Christina Stewart here. And she says, this is the first lady, the wife of the president of Kenya. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is the, this is the kind of favor that you can't plan on. Mm-hmm. You don't try to get, you just follow Jesus. That's awesome. Uh, we do have a, que- a question. Someone, uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of information on how how do they go on one of these trips? How does someone get to get involved with one of these? Great trips? question. Great question. I, <coughs> you'll find I just keep on directing people back to our website because it's a great yes. resource. But if you go to <laughs> yep. impactnations.com slash joc, you'll find it from the homepage too. But uh, joc is Journeys of Compassion. Joc. Uh, okay. Yeah, and there's a list of upcoming journeys that right now our list includes. Uh, let's see if I can do this in order: Uganda, Guatemala, Bulgaria, Kenya, a second one in Kenya, uh, India again, and Nepal, and that that covers the rest of 2019. Uh, wow. we, I think we've got nine total that are scheduled for 2019. Um, and you can read all about them. Uh, we try to have registration open six months ahead of time for folks. Uh, it's come one, come all. Uh, you know, one of the other reasons we go on journeys, and I, di- I didn't mention this before, is because the lives of those who come 
are mm. changed forever too. See, when you begin to realize that we get to partner with Jesus in rescuing lives, he loves to use us to heal people, to lift people up from their brokenness and sorrow, from their poverty. When you get to interact with people right where Jesus already is waiting for you, uh, you can't help but be changed forever. And so we have people who... Uh, come back afterwards and, and then begin to just do it, do the stuff in their own community. This is uh, one of the things we love partnering with the local church in North America because, you know, the local church is looking for ways to impact their community, to transform their community, to bring the kingdom of God to Abbotsford, to Vancouver, to Albuquerque. Uh, mm-hmm. And when people go and begin doing the stuff and you, you, you're just doing it for 12 days in a row, you're just, you know, healing the sick left, right and center and leading people to Jesus, asking that all important question, can I pray for you? It kind of just, it's, you get hooked and then you go back to your own town and you start asking, can I pray for you? Uh, and I mean, they'll start doing it right on the plane. They just can't help it. Right. So the, you always hear these stories. Oh, I was walking through the airport and I saw this guy with crutches. So I was like, Hey, can I pray for you? And, uh, <laughs> because it's just, now it's just hardwired into their DNA. Um, so yeah, please come. Uh, there's, opportunities for everybody we have a a trip that's just for women in kenya that's why i mentioned there's two in kenya uh one just for women to do that that ministry on the streets rescuing women from uh, just horrific life uh we also go into the prisons uh the women's prison during that journey as well uh, which is pretty awesome so uh but please come join us uh you you will never be the same you know amazing yeah and and just for you guys watching i mean when you you watch luke the last two weeks talk you're, you're watching somebody who was impacted like that and, yeah. and, and you can see what's changing in his thinking and his application. And, 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 and Tim, just what you said, I just want to repeat it back. Cause it was such a good comment. Come to where Jesus is already waiting for you. Mm-hmm. That's such a good, could you, do you want to see, could you just repeat that and maybe expound on it a little bit? Like, so we're called to be about the father's business. You know, I, um, I'm reminded of that funny story in Luke where, if you recall, Jesus, uh, around 12 years old or so, uh, is uh, not found. They've, they've gone to, this, to Jerusalem and, uh, and then they've left and Mary and Joseph realize, oh, where's the boy? Uh, it took them three days to figure that out. Oh, so I'm not sure about the parenting skills there. And then they, they <laughs> go back. about that too. And, and they, Although I didn't they want to say it out loud, so thank you. For- yeah, hey, I, I have no problem saying outrageous things. <laughs> uh, and they find him in the temple, you know, and Mary, what are, what are you doing to me, boy? And, and, but what he says is, well, surely you knew I'd be about the father's business. And if we want, if you're looking for Jesus, go be about the father's business. Go, go do the stuff he called us to. Go heal the sick. Go lift people out of their brokenness. He's, he said when he, his first sermon, right, was, hey, the spirit of the Lord's upon me to set people, set the captives free. People are in bondage to poverty, to slavery, right? Hmm. Jesus called us to go be there and he went there ahead of us. He ran into the darkness and he's calling us to do the same. That's where he is. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Love that. And Steve, yeah, you look like you're biting your lip over there. Anything you want to? 
he's saying it very well. Uh, it is one of the things that we really tell people on the journeys of compassion because the first two days we're pouring into them and equipping them and laying hands on them and partying mm-hmm. and all of that. And then as they go and they all do it, you know, just this week I got a report from a pastor who's in the uh, Philippines trip. And he said, I have led more people to Christ in 10 days than I have my entire life. I mean, that's why people are so impacted, but we tell them when we're going to a dump, when we're going to a prison, when we're going to a slum, we say, we are not taking Jesus to them. He's already there waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, cause that's who he identified with, with his whole life. Right. So that's a kind of a, a bit of a paradigm shift for people, but when they get it, We've got folks back when they're back home, they're now in the trailer parks, they're now in the subsidized housing, they're now helping feed the homeless, and they're not going to do something for them, they're going to do something with them, and Jesus is there, so. Wow. Wow. Um, I do have a question, if you guys, uh, because we are, we have about 10 minutes left, but I was wondering if you could share a story, a very impactful story, one of your favorite stories of change that you've experienced in one of your trips. Sure. Oh, where to start? Yeah, where to start? Do you want... It's probably want hard to pick one, but... Community change or change in, a, in a, a family or a person? Whatever you would like to share. Okay. I'll tell you... <laughs> Read hard on him. He's got to decide now. There's so there's so many. I had so many just in the last six weeks. I was in Bulgaria among the gypsies, and it was unbelievable. And now we're baptizing. I left an inflatable pool there, and they're baptizing one after another. So there's already all kinds of stories, but there's one that has touched me deeply. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I had a team in Uganda. We were in a very rural village. Mm-hmm. I went for a walk with two friends of mine, and. This elderly woman saw us. She was in this little one-room hut. And she started to come up toward the road to us. And she said, can you come, please? Can you come? And we went there. We saw their drinking water. It it looked like beef stew. It was just terrible. So my friends set up a filter. I went in, and she said, will you please pray for my husband? And um, he's deaf and he's blind, and he's been lying in this bed for eight years and hasn't moved. Uh. I said, okay. And uh, I prayed for him. Oh, and uh, she says, he's deaf, so we can't talk to each other. And she's tearing up. Can't talk to each other because now he's deaf. So I prayed for his ears, and Jesus instantly and totally opened his ears. And they're both laughing and crying, and it's just (laughs) wonderful. Now they can communicate. And I was kneeling beside him down on this low bed, a little bit higher than a cot. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) And he was very skinny. You can imagine how atrophied the muscles were eight years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I prayed for him that strength would come into his body. And then I said, sir would you like to try to stand up? And I was getting up from my knees to support him. (laughs) And before I could reach out to him, he jumped out of bed. 
<laughs> wow. Eight years. Jumped out of bed. I said, would you like to try walking? Yes, I would. <laughs> and he's walking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then I prayed for his eyes. Oh and he got light, but he didn't get vision, but he got light. And by the way, another team member went back the next morning, prayed for him, and he got full vision. But wow. his life was just incredibly rescued in that moment. And at the same time, we're getting clean water. So wow. I was very happy. That's a good day. <laughs> That's a good and, day. Um, wow. And I started to go back to the team, and the other two people with the water, who now are the ones who are doing the, the training school in Nepal. Anyway, they're walking along and about 200 meters down the road, a woman's sitting out in front of her little house and she says, Oh, come on over, you know, woman of peace. Hmm. And they said, hi, how can we pray for you? And she said, well, you could pray for me. We are absolutely destitute. We have no money. And the reason is, um, for the last eight years, my father has been lying in bed, can't move, can't hear, hear, can't see. And I've spent everything I have on doctors and he doesn't get any better. Mm. And they said, ma'am, we've got some really good news for you. And they told, because of course it was her father that had just been healed 200 meters down the road. Oh my goodness. So that's, you know, that's one of a bazillion stories, but that one has always touched me deeply. The, not only the power of the gospel, the, the, the deep compassion, watching that couple in joyful tears because now they could talk to each other. And then for him, how does Jesus do that? A, a skin and bone. I mean, skin and bone. Wow. And in an instant, he stands and he walks. Wow. He's very good. It's a very beautiful gospel that we carry. Wow. So amazing. You know, we only have about four minutes left, so it would be great if you guys could come back again at some point. And, and I mean, we talk about a man of peace, talk about, oh, my goodness, mm -hmm. there's, there's so much more, right? And, and for all of you guys watching, I, I can see just a few of you watching are like, I'm going just <laughs> so fast. So uh, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing this broadcast uh, to your friends so they can watch it too, uh, it would be nice to get more uh, people to know about the situation, what can be done, and possibly willing to go. And I, again, I can't speak more highly about Tim and Steve than, than I do. So because uh, I think we all have it in our bones that we believe the kingdom is now. And, 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 and Jesus came to, to you know, defeat darkness the enemy and, and free people from sin, right? And and here it's going on and, and, you know, where the Lord's hand is, we want to invest. So there you guys go. So if you want to share this with your friends so they can watch it and, and go to the Impact Nations website, guys, and and take a look. And it, it would be nice maybe next time, we only have a few minutes left, if, if you could tell some stories of people who come on your trips who are scared to death and they think, well, everyone else can go, but not me. And I, I know those kinds of people come back so shaped. And and the reason I'd like you to share that is is, because so many, so many of us in our heads, we have that, oh, oh, it's just me. You know, I, someone else could do it, but it's, it's for everybody to do this stuff. Right. And, um, Absolutely. So maybe we could pick that up at some point. Yeah. And so far our age range is from two years old to 82, wow. but we're willing to extend that. <laughs> nice. So that means I can come. So any final <laughs> things you want to say before uh, the show's up? Steve and Tim? 
Well, I just want to say thanks for this opportunity. Uh, I honor what you guys do. You know, Murray, I've had you come down here a couple of times. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I uh, love the prophetic, by the way. It's yes. a huge part of our ministry. Our team is as they're healing the sick and leading them to Jesus. As you know, a prophetic word just opens people's hearts. They suddenly realize Jesus does see me. He does know yes. I'm here. So the anointing that Samuel's mantle carries is a beautiful marriage with what our call is an impact nation. So I, uh, you know, Luke has come, you've had a few over the years come. I love, I love that anointing from Samuel's mantle that comes into our teams. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, um, last thoughts, anybody who got a couple minutes and, um, well, again, I, I, it looks like Bruce posted the website. So it's impactnations.com slash J-O-C, Journey of Compassion. And uh, yes. And feel free to give our office a call, too. we got staff who would be happy to chat with you. There's always lots of questions people have. You know, international travel is a big deal and all those things. And we've got, we've got staff who would be very happy to just chat with you about the experience and what you can expect and things like that. And also our Facebook page, Impact Nations mm-hmm. on Facebook, you'll see reports from around the world just oh, about wow. every day. Yeah, oh, it's okay. our Facebook page is a pretty cool place to hang out because you know right. those favorite stories of ours. We're just sharing them all the time, and it's oh, so good. amazing. So good. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's uh, facebook.com slash Impact Nations. Impact Nations Ministries. Impact Nations Ministries. Okay, well, so definitely everyone check that out too. Yeah, it's really fun. Just every day, and so much is going on. Even though I'm the founder and president, I can't know all of what's going on. And I was speaking in some country uh, a few months ago, and while I was with them at a meal or something, I checked. I went, oh, we're in Ethiopia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's It's it's fun when there's too much to keep track of. (laughs) Well, thank you again for joining us today. It was amazing. Thanks for having us. This was a blast. It was great, guys. God bless you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this special episode of the Impact Nations podcast. Our thanks to Samuel's Mantle for sharing the audio with us. If you'd like to learn more about Samuel's Mantle, you can head to their website at samuelsmantle.com or check them out on Facebook where you'll find all sorts of great interviews and other resources. If you'd like to learn more about our campaign to get 1,000 children out of a life of slavery and brick factories and into school instead, please visit impactnations.com. Thanks, and have a great week.